Hey everyone, welcome to today's podcast. We're talking about three reasons that ultra processed foods make you overweight. And this might be really interesting for you because it's gonna give you a new way to look at probably a lot of the foods that you're eating. So the first one is that when we process foods, we take a lot of water out of it. And so the foods by nature are typically a lot more calorie dense than natural foods, right? Because a lot of natural foods have a much higher water content in it. And so water has a lot less calories in it. And when we remove the water and fill it up with cat with, with ingredients, uh, we end up having a higher calorie density, right? So per bite, per volume of food, the processed foods are typically a lot higher calorie density than natural foods. The second thing is that processed foods are typically a lot softer than natural foods. And so this is very intentional because the softer the food is, the more our brain likes it because our brain wants to get calories into our body. And so we don't have to chew as much, we're able to eat it quicker and we get the calories into our body. And so the softer the food is, A, it's more appealing to our body so we wanna eat more of it. But the other big thing is that when it's softer, we can eat way faster. And you can prove this to yourself by comparing eating, you know, something that's processed versus eating an apple, right? Again, there's a lot more chewing involved and so it naturally slows you down. So when you're eating processed foods, because it's softer, you're typically gonna eat a lot faster and that's gonna cause you to overeat more calories as well. And the third big one is that there is not much fiber in processed foods. Fiber doesn't process well. And so it's usually stripped from the processed foods. And when there's not fiber in the food, what ends up happening is that you don't really get the satisfaction from the food that you would with natural foods. And so if you find yourself eating processed foods and feeling like you're always hungry, never really satisfied, this is a big part of why that is. Because it is the fiber in foods, in addition to the protein, that really lasts. And so a lot of times we're not absorbing the fiber, but it stays in our dige digestional tract, stays in our intestines, and it signals our body that we're satisfied and we're full, okay? As opposed to a lot of processed foods where they strip the fiber out and basically the processed foods just kind of dissolve much quicker. And so we get much more bang for our buck per calorie when it's a natural food in part because of the fiber in the food. And again, it doesn't process well, so they strip a lot of that out. And so when you put these three things together, you realize that to try and lose weight eating a highly processed diet is going to be extremely difficult because these foods are literally engineered to be overeaten, to not satisfy you. And so you really are taking on a huge challenge to try and control your calories eating these types of food because you're gonna eat really fast, you're getting more calories per volume of food you're eating, and you're not getting any satisfaction from it. So you're hungrier after you've eaten way faster than when you've eaten natural healthy foods. So keep this in mind the next time you're eating processed foods and start to add in more natural foods. You don't have to make a dramatic change of changing everything all at once, but start to add in more natural whole foods into your diet and start to see if they help you to lose weight naturally and more comfortably because you probably find that they will. So I hope this helps you out. Um, if anyone has any questions, feel free to ask them. Uh, we'll get into it. I know that was a quicker one. I usually talk a little bit longer in the beginning there, but this one I'm keeping it quick. So I have to wait for people to get on the call. Um, but yeah. Hope everyone's doing well. I've been reading a lot. I'm reading this book called, I don't have it here with me, but it's called Ultra Processed People. 
and uh, I would say very good book. Really, really enjoying it. I'm kind of on a processed food kick right now um, in terms of studying it, uh, not eating it. And uh, it's funny because when I look at my, so, so if you don't know, right, I, I lost 50 pounds 30 years ago and I have maintained that weight loss. And when I look at how things have changed, I mean, you know, but, but the big difference I would have to say, and I go back to it, is that 30 years ago, I really, I was exposed to kind of the idea of natural foods really through yoga, right? So I started doing yoga and the concept of natural foods was, was embedded in that and it really struck me. And so I shifted really 30 years ago away from processed, heavily processed foods. And now as I, as I read this book and, I, and I've studied these things over the years as well, um, but I really think that that was a huge part of my strategy that allowed me to live at my goal weight. You know, again, not just get there, but, but to also live there. Um, can you say what you ate today? Yeah, sure. Um, now, I don't really like to do that. I don't like to get into the specifics of what I'm eating because who cares? You know what I mean? I'm me, you're you, and um, you may not like what I eat. You know, and I find a lot of times in the diet world, it's always people trying to force themselves to eat something that they don't really like. You know, so I always like to preface telling people what I ate by saying that, you know, it's really about figuring out what you want to eat. Okay. And in and, and, and Program Yourself Then, which is my, my weight um, mastery program, uh, we talk about eating, obviously. There's a strategy to it, but I like to give you more guidance of how to choose foods rather than saying eat this you know because i want you to be able to understand how to make better food choices okay that being said what i've eaten today now it is 12 21 uh, my time right so i woke up i usually wake up around seven o'clock i usually eat by eight o'clock and what i typically eat monday through f friday for breakfast is i'll have ezekiel bread now, if you don't know what ezekiel bread is it is sprouted grain instead of floured Right, so instead of making bread out of flour, they make bread out of sprouted grain, and um, so I will have Ezekiel bread, one piece, natural peanut butter. I'll usually have an apple with some peanut butter, and then I'll drink some water. And um, you know, and, and after I get done with this, I'll go and eat a big salad for lunch. Okay, and this salad is a big salad, um, has six, seven to eight ingredients in it typically. Okay. Uh, and then around five o'clock, I will eat dinner. Um, but again, the, the big distinction I want to make, and that's what I was talking about earlier, is really looking at the, not just the calories. Yes, it's calories. You know, like ultimately your weight is a reflection of the calories you're consuming. No doubt. However, not all calories are created equal. I mean, they are like at a technical level, like right, if you break everything down into a calorie, a calorie is a calorie. But a calorie of apple versus a calorie of M&M or candy, it, it, they're totally different in how they affect other things, right? So if I eat the apple, I'm not going to get a blood, I'm not going to get a blood sugar spike and crash. I'm going to get more satisfaction from it. I'm putting more fiber into my body. Um, it's a natural food uh, that interacts in my body much differently than a processed candy bar, for example. Okay, and so I eat the candy bar and I get a blood spike, sugar and crash. Um, I get no satisfaction from it. You know, I get lots of calories. Uh, and so, yeah, we, we have to look at the bigger picture. You know, it, it's really fascinating. This book's really been interesting to me because again, when I look back at 
the big shifts I've changed in my eating, it's not the, it's not the reduction in calories. It really, the biggest shift I would have to say I've ever made, and I've gone from being a pretty big meat eater to being a vegetarian, um, but the biggest shift really was going from a processed food diet, primarily processed food, to um, much more whole natural foods, which isn't to say that I don't eat processed foods sometimes, but I rarely do. I really don't. Um, and I think what happens then, that's what I'm kind of realizing is that these ultra processed foods, God, it's, it's fascinating to me because it's not food. It's literally not food, right? I mean, if we're talking about, you know, if we're talking about like ultra processed food in a package, a lot of it, it's literally not food. What's happened is they have broken down natural foods into chemical components and then recreated food type things that seem like food. It's not food. And so what's happening is it, your body doesn't know how to respond to it. You're feeling hungry all the time, aren't you? <laughs> right? It's like this endless hunger. I used to always wonder about that, you know, for myself. I used to call it the endless hunger. I'm like, I'm just hungry constantly. I can just eat all the time. I'm never satisfied, you know? And so it's like, how do you lose weight? How do you master your weight if you're always hungry, if you never feel satisfied, right? It's difficult. And if you don't even realize that's a thing, you're just blind to it and you don't even realize you can fix it. And that's why I see a lot of people at. Um, Sanja says, do you wait for hunger to come or do you eat at the same time every day? I eat at the same time every day. I have this conversation all the time and this, before I go into this a little bit, I just want to preface it by saying, but program yourself then the core philosophy I always say is there's no right or wrong. There's only what works for you. The one, the one exception I really see is that you've got to structure your eating. I think there's an idea that you're going to intuitively eat and you're going to listen to your body's hunger signals and eat when you're hungry and stop when you're full. And, and that sounds wonderful. I have tried that and it has not worked for me because if I listen to my body, I could eat all the time. My body's like, oh, let's go eat that. The second I think, oh, well, well, let's eat something, my body's like, all right, let's do it. So that, that don't work for me, you know? So, so I don't, is that the healthiest way? I, I can't tell you, you know, but I just know spending a lot of time thinking about it, that that has not worked for me. And so, yes, I eat the same time every day. And what I've figured out through years of, trial and error and paying attention to things is I now know this is why I don't like to really go into what I'm eating because you know if I first started if you put me back 30 years ago and you say okay Jim this is what you eat 30 years from now every day and I just start day one and I go okay that's my breakfast Ezekiel toast peanut butter apple and peanut butter by an hour after that I'm starving because my head I wasn't in that place so again I think weight mastery is this holistic comprehensive approach and what we've been fed a steady diet of um, with the diet industry is just these drastic changes on day one. And um, so that wouldn't have worked for me. So again, I, I believe in systematic strategic shifts and changes to your diet. I don't believe in this just sweeping, you know, drastic changes from one day to the next. I, I don't believe that's going to last. But yeah, getting back to it, I don't, I eat at the same time every day. That really works for me. Now, if that doesn't work for you, then that's great. You know what I mean? Then you don't do it. But for me, it, it, it doesn't work. And I think sometimes we're given this, this fantasy land thing. Now, especially if you're going to try and be an intuitive eater in a modern environment where you're surrounded by processed foods, junk food, fast food, 
good luck, good luck. Cause I think you're going to find that you're always hungry. You could always be hungry, you know? And so I don't know if that's something you'd have to figure out, you know? Let's see. Ah, right. Astrid on the bike. I love to see that. Astrid's on the bike. I love that. It's like Pavlov's dogs. I love that, that, um, that thought. But yeah, I don't know. It's funny. I, I'm just, I'm, I'm, oh my goodness. It's funny. Like I, I, a lot of times, like I, re, I read a lot of books, but I haven't been the last like five months. I kind of eased off on it, but I typically for years now, I'll read 50 books a year. Usually read a book a week and, um, I'm obsessed with it, but, but it's so funny. Cause every time I get into a book, I'm like, I'm obsessed with that thing. You know what I mean? And, uh, you just start thinking that way, which by the way, you know, my program is called program yourself. Then it's really about programming your mind, right? Learning how to program yourself so that it's easy and natural for you to live at your goal weight. Um, and so part of what we do is hypnosis and, you know, self, self hypnosis, you know, is a big part of it, but you know, watching documentaries, reading books, watching YouTube videos about foods and nutrition is also programming. You know, what you have to understand is that your entire life, your entire life at this point, all of us, we have been living in a conditioning machine that's constantly conditioning us to not know how to eat properly. It's turned our brains into mashed potatoes when it, when it comes to nutrition, health, weight loss. We don't know fucking what way is up and which way is down. We're so, you know, and that's on purpose. Okay, this is why, you know, the last 50, 60 years, the obesity overweight rates have just gone out of control. I mean, I mean, they're, I got, I'm, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to do this. I got to write a note for myself because I keep forgetting about this, but I'm going to print out a couple pieces so I can hold them up. You know, it, it bothers me that I can't just do that. But I'm going to show you when you see with your own eyeballs the obesity chart, the increase in obesity and type 2 diabetes over the last 50 years, it is absolutely jaw dropping. And it's something you probably never think about. You, you kind of know it. You have this vague sense of it. But when you see it with your eyes, you're like, holy shit. It's really unbelievable. And um, other things. So I can show you these. The more you see them, the, the more impactful it becomes, too. So I'll show it to you every day. <laughs> Do you eat bread? Um, I eat Ezekiel bread, which isn't like normal bread. It's not flour-based. It's sprouted um, grain. So, so it's different. Um, it doesn't absorb as quickly. It doesn't spike the blood sugar as quickly. Um, I eat bread on the weekends, you know, regular bread, um, but I moderate it. So, you know, I do, I do think keto has that part, right? That, that I think if you're going to master your weight in this environment, you're going to need to be able to manage uh, refined grains. My biggest enemy when it comes to losing weight is time. Um, where is time? What's that mean, Sanja? My biggest thing when it comes to losing weight is time. That you don't have time to, to prepare foods or you're impatient. If you want to expand on that, I can talk about that. Where would you start as someone currently very unhealthy? Yeah, okay. So my strategy I share with, with every all my clients, I think the smart way to start is, uh, I call it the, the worst and first strategy. Okay, and so what this means is you start with your worst eating habit, right? Whatever your worst eating habit is, it shows up multiple times a week at least. It might show up daily. Um, for me, it was eating at night. Snacking at night was my worst habit that I, I focused on when I first started. So that's where that's the number one thing to start on. Work on, and you got three R's, right? The three R's of that. Reduce, replace, remove. So you don't have to just stop it. 
which is what most dieters are going to do. You can strategically go into your worst habit and, and consistently figure out how you can make it better. And then the first part is the first meal of the day. Work on optimizing that, making it as nourishing, as healthy as you possibly can, as natural, right? So those are the two places I would start. Um, and then in addition to that, just in a healthy thing that we get off of the food piece of it, I would say sleep, hydration, and relaxation are probably the three things that will support you the most in becoming healthier. Um, because if you're sleep deprived, you know, it's almost like being intoxicated. Like, like you just, you can't even think straight. You're, you're literally not even thinking straight. And so obviously changing up behaviors when you're not thinking straight, when you're tired, you know, is very difficult. So sleep, hydration, hydrating yourself properly, drinking more water or, or eating more water um, and relaxation. You know, those are the three things lifestyle-wise I'd focus on. Um, so, Sa yeah, Sanja says, yeah, patience. Yeah, patience is everyone's hardest thing because the diet industry's conditioned you to look at your weight loss as if the goal, the finish line, is to get to your goal weight. But it's not. Your real goal is to live at your goal weight. They're two totally different time frames, right? It's not about losing weight. You've lost weight and put it on. That, that's not the goal. The goal is to live at your goal weight. And so once you make that shift, you realize, what is the rush? You know, Sanja, if you're still here, how long have you been struggling with your weight? Let me know that time. I'd love to hear that time, right? Because I, And I get it. I, patience is, I would say, every dieter's main mindset problem, you know? And um, one of the big ways to shift that, how you think about it, is you change your mindset and the way you're framing and thinking about weight loss, you know? It can't be about just losing weight. It's really about living at your goal weight. And, you know, if, if, if you are focused on weight loss, how long do you want to keep the weight off for, right? I know you're saying forever. So it's not about how fast you can lose the weight. It's about how long you can live at your goal weight. And once you realize that, there, there really is no rush, you know? I, I don't know. But, but yeah, if you want to let me know how long you've been focusing on it. Um, what's up, John? Ate the apple yesterday at work, set the reminder on my phone. Today I'm at home, so easy lunch. That's great, John. So I can't wait to talk about that because... Um, I'm curious to see what impact that had. And again, remember, when it comes to fiber, it's a cumulative, cumulative effect, you know? So you might eat some fiber for a day or two, a week or two, you might not notice much of a difference, but it, it adds up in your intestines. It starts building up and it makes a tremendous difference in terms of how hungry you are, your hunger, hormone signaling, and, and other things like that. Um, what's up, Shakira? Um... 10 years, yeah, right? So, so Sanja, Sanja goes, right? And, and again, this is the irony of it all, is that dieters are so impatient to lose the weight. And so the only thing that even motivates them is the fastest weight loss plan, right? I'll do the keto plan. I'm gonna do intermittent fasting. I just wanna lose weight quick. And they say, how long have you been trying to lose weight? 10 years, 20 years, 30 years. It's like, God, what, what is your rush at this point? You know what I mean? Like, just slow the fuck down and just do it right one time. You know, dieters, and again, I'm, not, I'm never blaming you. You understand that, folks. I'm, I'm diagnosing and, and articulating what a dieter thinks and, and how you, you're operating, um, but it's, it's all from love. But you've got to recognize the problem before you can fix it, okay? But dieters are so obsessed with the fast fix, the fast weight loss, the shortcut, that if you, you know, Sanja, if you dedicated 10 years to mastering your weight, to just calming down and relaxing and really mastering how you, again, so the weight mastery pyramid and, and um, program yourself then, is mindset, lifestyle, and eating. Mindset's the most important piece, then lifestyle, then eating. 
And so if you spent the last 10 years mastering your mindset, lifestyle, and eating, you would have no problems right now. You would be a master of your weight. You'd be at your weight and you'd know how to stay there on near autopilot. You know, but, but you're so obsessed because what happens? The irony I always say is that weight loss is a lot harder than weight mastery because when it comes to weight loss, you're trying to do it all instantly. You're doing these crazy dramatic things and they're crazy and dramatic. You don't think it because you've normalized to it, but completely quitting carbs? What? What are you doing? Why would you do that? Because <laughs> you're impatient. You know, like it, it's, it's fucking weird and I get it. I, I totally understand it. I, I understand the mindset behind it. But what I'm trying to point out is an alternate mindset that says that's fucking, it's weird. No, no society in history has ever lived in ketosis, you know, short of some Eskimos a couple months a year sometimes, you know, it's a diet that was created for epileptics. Intermittent fasting. Okay. It's fine. But what are you just going to jump into not eating for 16 hours a day? You know what I find? A lot of times intermittent fasting is great for practicing becoming a binge eater. <laughs> That's what I see with my clients. Again, now I intermittent fast. So, so again, I believe in intermittent fasting. I think it's great to take a break. But I think, again, we always, Americans, we got to do, oh, I'm going to do it right away. And just going to jump from eating like shit, eating all day long to all of a sudden not eating for 16 hours. And it's overwhelming and stressful. And you wonder, well, I don't know, I got a problem with consistency. Do you? Do you think the problem's with you? Or do you think the problem's with the <laughs> crazy plan you're trying to jump into tomorrow? You know, or I'm going to cut my calories down to 1200 calories. I'm going to stop eating sugar completely. You do these drastic wild swings at trying to lose weight that last a couple days or weeks. And then you go back to what you always do. And it's the same fucking pattern for 10 years. And then that's the part that I'm trying to point out is that you keep repeating the same shit that doesn't work. And I've seen people do it their entire lives. It's very common. Okay. So you don't, it's weird that even as we get older, we don't realize it. Is weight loss really just a calorie deficit? It would make it easier for me with no good, bad food. Um, yeah, corn dog. Ca- weight loss is just a calorie deficit. But but here's the thing. Let me. I, I hate the word deficit because it implies less than normal. Okay. And so what you're looking to do is you're looking to reduce your calorie consumption, the average calorie consumption. So we're not looking to create a deficit so much because a deficit implies that you're going to create a deficit and then you're going to go back to what you normally eat. So we want to redefine what normal is. Do you understand? So it's like we want to reduce the average calorie consumption so that you can live at your goal weight. Okay. And there really is no good or bad food, but there are foods that support you consuming less calories and foods that really make it hard to consume less calories. I was just talking about this at the beginning. Process versus natural food. I mean, is one good or bad? It depends on the context, right? If you're talking about taste, yeah, the, the processed food tastes better to our brains and body. Okay, but if we're talking about your health and your weight, the natural food's going to be much better to control your eating, to consume less calories while feeling full and satisfied. You know, so yeah, you're right. I mean, it's not good and bad, but there are foods that have all food has consequences to it as well. Okay, so I think that that's a better way to look at it. And yeah, the more you get out of the shame and the beating yourself up and the good and bad, and I'm a bad person, the, the more you can get rid of that, the better off you'll be you know, in the easier time you'll have. Um, but yeah, weight loss really comes down to a calorie deficit. Every diet is just a, a, a way, a strategy, a tactic to reduce calorie consumption, you know? And so there's a million ways to do it. And I think when you start realizing that you can, there, there's so many ways to reduce your calories, but if you start figuring out which ways work for you, I think you're setting yourself up for long-term success, you know? What's up, Don? How's it going? 
Um, and by the way, I'll just take a second here. If, if, if you're watching this and you're not in my world, like on my email list, what's up, Karen? Um, go, go to my bio, click the link and get the hypnosis session, uh, that I give you for free. It's a free hypnosis session. And, uh, on top of that, I also give you a training. I'd watch that training. The training's really good. It'll give you a different paradigm and concept of how to master your weight. You know, and I email you every day. Um, what's up, Erica? My doctor suggested weight loss meds today. I said no because I finally feel empowered to get healthy. Well, great job, Erica. I I, I think that's good. Um, I'm I'm starting to I'm going to do some real deep dive research into that medicine, and I will be sharing that with you over the next couple of weeks. Right now, I'm really like as I was saying, I'm really, really, really into the processed food thing. Um, got a bunch of books I'm going to be reading on that, and um, I'm going to start doing I'm going to start doing YouTube videos that are longer. Um, kind of, you know, eight, 10 minute trainings um, for you as well. So, so those will be coming soon. But um, good for you, Erica, because again, you know, I'm not, I'm not here to, I'm here to be supportive. So if you're on the medicines and um, that's the path you've chosen, I, I still want to be able to support you. I have people in my program that are on those medicines, but they're actively working on their mindset at the same time, you know? So I think that... Uh, I think that's good. But Erica, make sure, make sure, I don't know if you have yet, but make sure that you get, uh, you get my, go to my bio and get the hypnosis session and watch the training. Okay. Because you need to have a strategy. You need to have a plan. Okay. As well. Um, but I'm, I'm glad, I'm glad you're feeling empowered to get healthy. Um, that's the thing. You know, it's like, I, like, I, I don't know if, if you just got on here. I was talking about, I'm reading this book, ultra processed pe people. And, um, it's not necessarily, I mean, like I, I'd known a lot of this stuff, but it's just sometimes when you read things in a specific way, it just kind of impacts you. And what really strikes me is the fact that people, okay, let me give you an example of what I mean before I even go into that. Like saccharin was like the first processed food, right? And saccharin, you know what saccharin was initially made out of? Coal tar, right? Coal, coal tar. The guy, guy discovered it, messing around with it. And so what I'm trying to say is that a lot of, now that's an outlier example. They're not making food out of coal tar anymore, but a lot of what our foods are made out of are things we would never eat. You know, they can, for example, they can take like, um, I don't know, rapeseed oil, right? And they can take these seed oils and they can basically turn them into butter. I mean, that's what margarine to some degree is, right? It's oil that they turn into butter. And then what happens is they'll use that because butter is expensive and these seed oils are cheap. And so they can take, you know, cottonseed, rapeseed oil and turn it into a solid like butter. And then they'll use that solid in a lot of foods because it gives it texture and it gives it, you know, the, the solid feel to it. And so that's just one tiny example of an ingredient of you're consuming this shit that's humans have never consumed this stuff. It's not food that we would live off of in the real world, you know? And so we're just pumping all this fucking bullshit. Excuse <laughs> my mouth. But we're just pumping this non-food stuff into our body. It's not food. And we've been tricked, you know? And um, again, if you, if you took the flavoring and the sweeteners and the salt out of the foods that you're eating, if you're eating processed foods, what you're left with is disgusting food remnants, you know? It, it's the dregs of of real food and it's it's just i don't know sometimes i sometimes you read things in a certain way it just kind of affects you and, and this is 
Cornetic says that makes sense listening to you talk. I realize my mindset needs work first. Any tips for me? Um, yeah, absolutely, Corn Dog. And in, in your everyone's mindset, you, again, the weight mastery pyramid. I make it a pyramid to imply the importance of it. The bottom biggest level is mindset, and then there's lifestyle, and then there's eating. And what most people are trying to do to lose weight is they're just trying to change their eating. And you don't got the mindset or the lifestyle to support it. I mean, don't you ever, and you think it's you. I, that's the part that bums me out probably more than anything is I know you've tried lots of stuff. I know you're not a lazy person. I know you've tried a lot of different things. I know you think about weight loss and what you should do all day long, but you haven't gotten the results. And a big reason for that is because you're, you're hypnotized by the diet industry. And I'm not using that word lightly. You're literally been conditioned by the diet industry to think like a dieter. And the diets don't want, the diets don't want you to lose weight, folks. I have to say this every day because it's so important. The diets that you're referencing to lose weight are all owned by the big food companies. Okay. What are you talking about, Jim? Okay. Weight Watchers was owned by Heinz. Jenny Craig was owned by Nestle. The company that owns Atkins Food Products, the same company that owns Onions, Pretzels, and Cinnamon. SlimFast, the same company that owns Ben and Jerry's Ice Cream. So do you really think... Because I, I study these companies and they're so obsessed with their bottom line. Do you really think they would ever do anything that would affect that negatively? I don't. And so they get you coming and going and they filled your, your head with fucking bricks when it comes to losing weight. And it, it's so insidious. I mean, I could talk all day long about the diet or mindset and what they've done to us. Because think about it. You've seen millions of diet ads in your life. You know, and, and it conditions you and it, 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 that's how you think about weight loss. You know, would you listen to McDonald's diet? Is that who you'd listen to to, to learn how to eat better? You know, and um, I'm extra mad about it because I, I sometimes it's a double edged sword. You know, you learn about this stuff. It's depressing because it's everywhere now. It, it's it's just, you know, it's always that, that joke of like, um, you know, the old fish swims by the young fish and says, hey, how's the water? And the young fish goes, the what? <laughs> right. Because they don't even realize it, you know, and um, it's like it, we're so surrounded by the bullshit with the food. It is. It's the biggest conspiracy maybe in history, you know, and I'm not being crazy. It, it's like, you know, it, it's like 1950s with the cigarettes, you know, by the 1950s, there were studies coming out and said, okay, the cigarettes are really bad for you. They cause cancer. Okay. So they knew that for decades, but what happened is the cigarette industries would sit on those studies. They would put out other studies that they'd pay for to confuse people. And they played it off for another 20, 30 years until it finally came out. And it's like, they couldn't do it anymore. It's like, no, cigarettes really cause cancer. And it was a big problem. And so, you know what the cigarette companies did? They divested, this is seventies. Okay. So I think there's a direct connection here. In the seventies, they divested from the cigarettes and they went into what? Food. Okay. And so I think you can draw a straight line from that moment, the seventies to right where we're at. It was an instant increase in, um, in obesity rates and type two diabetes. And you see these cigarette companies going to the food industry with the exact same philosophy to create the most addictive product possible to use the most aggressive marketing they possibly could and to sit on the science and confuse us as much as they possibly can because they just want to sell their shitty products. And part of what they do to confuse us is they they are all behind all the diets. And so this is why you've been trying to lose weight for 10, 20, 30, 40 years, and you're not getting anywhere. You're a smart, intelligent person who can't figure this out. And you're, you're, you're tortured by it. And it's because you're never hearing the full story. All you're getting are fucking diets telling you what to eat. Every weight loss plan is just telling you what to do, what to eat. And then it's left up to you to do it. 
And that's the part you never learn. You never learn how to influence your mindset. You never learn that the lifestyle piece is absolutely crucial. You never learn that the quality of the food, that the literal type of food is a huge part of it. They just condition you on calories, right? That's how you think about weight loss, just calories. Now, yes, on a very technical level, yes, it's calories, but there's so much more to it. And so what they've done is they've disembodied, they dis, disembodied the calories from the actual food so that you don't think about the quality of the food you're eating. You just think in terms of calories and you're flummoxed. You don't know what to do and you're stuck. You think about weight loss 24 hours a day and you don't know how to do it, you know? And it's not because you're lazy. It's not because you don't have willpower. It's not because you're an overeater. It's because you never learn the truth of how to master your weight. And um, it's a bummer. So yeah, so how do you get your mindset work first? I, I got on a, a little tirade there. But um, anyways, so yeah, your mindset. What, what I will say to you, Dog, because it's hard. I, I, I like to answer kind of quick questions and go where I go here. But go go to my bio, click the link and get the hypnosis session I give you. It's free. It's called the New Thin Me. It's a kickstart session. Um, and then watch the training I give you right after. That's the key thing. It's about a half hour, but that goes through the weight mastery pyramid, programming yourself, your mindset, how your mind even works, which you don't even know. And once you understand that, you start to have a practical understanding, um, first of, of what the fuck's been going on <laughs> and why you've been struggling, and then B, how to actually change it. And I think that, you know, I was just talking, um, I don't know if Jody's here, but Jody's in the program and um, we were talking yesterday, you know, and she's on a dip. She, she's life's gotten a little stressful last couple of weeks, you know, and she's not quite in the flow of where she was, but she's still doing great. Okay. But the point is she can look and understand why what's going on. And what I'm telling you is that you have no, you have no ability to see the granular details that lead to your eating, right? You're just, you judge yourself very binarily. You're either eating perfectly or you're not eating perfectly. And you don't understand why you're eating well or not. It's just some days I eat really well and some days I don't. You know, and you, you don't understand why you're doing that. You don't understand how to impact or influence it. So again, please go watch the training. It's a half hour and it'll change the way you think about weight loss. And that'll get into the mindset work. But if I have to give you one tip about how to change your mindset, the biggest thing I could give you about shifting your mindset in terms of weight is to stop thinking like a fucking dieter, okay? Dieters think you're literally, if you're struggling with your weight, it's because you're trapped in a dieter mindset. You think like a dieter. And the outermost bars of that prison are your time frame. You think about weight loss as a temporary thing. You think I'm going to diet until I lose the weight. And you think about getting to your goal weight as the finish line. And that is the core mindset problem that's sabotaging you. Everything else kind of comes from that. So you have to realize that losing the weight is not the goal. You've lost weight before um, and then you put it back on. You're not happy you lost the weight. You're mad that you put it back on. So the goal is not to lose the weight. The goal is to live at your goal weight. They're two totally different things. And so it's about, you know, because again, if you just think about it as a temporary thing, okay, I just want to diet until I lose the weight. As soon as you think about it as a temporary thing, you think, okay, well, if it's going to be temporary, let's get over as quick as possible. And as soon as you think, how is the fastest way I can lose the weight? Now you're in extreme land. And what ends up happening is this, this explains your thinking in a nutshell. You think, okay, I'm going to diet until I lose the weight. What's the fastest way I can do that? And then what ends up happening is you choose some extreme plan like keto, um, intermittent fasting, 1,200 calories, no sugar, whatever dramatic thing you do on day one perfectly, and then you overwhelm yourself and you're not able to do it for long. And then what do you do? You go back to what you always did and you just keep repeating that cycle and you never get out of it. You could literally be doing that cycle for 30 years, right? 
I had someone yesterday, we were talking about keto, right? How many times you tried keto? A thousand times. You know what I mean? Like, so our brain does what it did. Unfortunately, in this situation, that means that, you know, you might be just trying the same diet for the 50th time, you know? And so, um, as Einstein said, the same level of thinking that created the problem cannot solve it. And so you can't continue to think like a dieter and ever master your weight. Being a dieter, having a dieter mindset, and that's been installed into you by the food industry to think like a dieter. And it, it presupposes that you're overweight and always going to struggle with your weight. And so you need to change the quality of your thinking. You need to change your mindset in order to live as a thin, healthy person. Let me put it another way, real simply. You have two mindsets right now within you. You have the mindset of an overweight person and you have the mindset of a dieter. And at your best, you diet yourself down to your goal weight and you still have the same problem that you know how to think like an overweight person and you know how to think like a dieter, but you don't know how to think like a thin, healthy person. And you're never learning that. You tell me where you're learning to think like a thin and healthy person. As much as you focused on your weight for as long as you've thought about your weight, where have you learned to think about a thin, think like a thin, healthy person? And please write it in if you can think of anything. Think about this. You've been trying to lose weight for 10, 20, 30, 40 years, obsessed on it. And I'm asking you one simple question. Where have you learned how to think like a thin, healthy person? Who? Who's taught you that? What plan has taught you how to think like a thin, healthy person? Erica says, on my own for the first time ever. Thank you. Good job, Erica. Do you have a podcast? I do have a podcast. It's called Program Yourself Thin. This is it. <laughs> I do these every weekday, folks. This is my mission in life is to help as many people as possible live at their goal weight. Yes, I have coaching and yes, I have programs too. But the podcast is completely free. I give you free hypnosis sessions. I give you free training I just talked about. I email you every day for free. I get new programs coming that are even cheaper. Um, but I'm, I'm here to help you, okay? Um, but yeah, listen to it. It's on all the podcast platforms. Eric said, I watched the training. I watched the training, went to watch it again, but couldn't find it. Can only be watched once. No, and that's a mistake I'm making, Erica. I'm writing myself a little note because I, I got to fix that. It's making me crazy. Um, I will fix that and you will be able to rewatch that a number of times because that's such a good training. You should watch it a couple times. And if you get on my email list, I'm doing, um, I do different. I got new trainings coming up. I got lots of cool things coming up, folks. So get on my list. Again, if you, if you hate it, just opt out. But it's all free. It's I think you'll find, it's at the very least, it's a different perspective on things, which is what you need. <laughs> it's a crime shame in the U.S. Absolutely. My mind is blown right now. I hear you. I know. It's crazy stuff. I am usually would rather save up calories for dessert than eating a healthy meal. That's going to make it harder to treat them. I, I, get, I get what you're saying, but... Um, I would rather eat healthy food and then have the dessert than save the calories, I swear, because um, it makes it harder. You've spoken about cigarettes and food and how the food will have warnings. Might interest your Ireland interest to sugar sweetened beverage tax in 2018. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, John says I hit the nail. I'm either on or off. Exactly. We got to get off of on or off because you, you you can't be, right? You're, you're, you're all with the mindset. I just want to see if anyone wrote any answers in real quick. Um, yeah, Don says here, here. All right, thank you. I appreciate you saying that. Um, but but that was the point. I just want to make it clear, right? So we, we got you know at least forty people on TikTok and people in different other places. And I ask you, I because I know combined we've got hundreds of years of diet experience between all of us. Okay, and I'm asking you one, the simplest question I can think of: Where are you learning to think like a thin, healthy person? And no one had one single answer other than here. I, I, that, I take that. that. That makes me very happy to hear. That's why I'm doing this. But think about that for a second. Let that sink in for a second. Think about that. 
all the all the times you've thought about weight all the diets you've read about all the videos all the podcasts you've listened to all the instagram accounts you've followed think about that where who can name one place where you've learned how to think like a thin healthy person right i mean to me this is absolutely like it's fucking depressing the kind of like i like to be positive and, and optimistic but it's just god and i am optimistic because the, what i will tell you about that the good news is that thinking like a thin healthy person a mindset based approach to mastering your weight is so outside of your awareness that you have never even approached that and what i'm telling you is that when you start to focus on that piece it's that missing piece you've been looking for because I can, without even knowing you, I know you. I know I know the mindset of a dieter better than maybe anyone on the planet. And I know that the big difference for you is that when you think about weight loss, um, you, like, like you know what to do. If you were a robot and you just typed, oh, I'm just gonna eat no carbs today, and then you just did it, you'd have no problems. But the problem that always comes down to, tell me this doesn't, and tell me this with hearts, hit the like button if this is anywhere accurate for you. Your core problem with your weight is that you know what to do, but you can't get yourself to do it. And it feels like you're fighting against yourself. True? Does it always ultimately, the reason you're struggling with weight is it feels like you're fighting against yourself. You know you don't want to eat carbs. You know you don't want to eat the sweets. You know you don't want to eat the shit. But then there's some part of you that compels you to do the wrong thing. And so your entire weight loss experience is trying to fight against those cravings, fight against yourself. What you're fighting against is your mindset. Do you know what I mean? And so instead of fighting against it, why don't you change it? And of course, the diet industry, the food industry doesn't want you to do that because it works. And I see this each and every day in my program. As soon as we start focusing on the mindset, it's like that's when the amazing results start coming. And so here's another mindset piece for... Um, even corn dog was asking, what's a, what's a mindset piece? So maybe beyond just thinking of, of weight loss temporarily, the next mindset piece that might be just as big is to stop being all or nothing, you know? And, and that's, again, the diet industry's got you into that. Because the diet industry, what they're, oh, I could talk about this all day long, and I find this fascinating. I, I love, as a hypnotist, I'm fascinated by persuasion. And so if you want to see the best persuasion, you got to follow the money. Pretty simple. And the big money is in food, ultra processed foods. There's no money in there's no money in beef and vegetables and fruits. The money's in ultra processed bullshit because it's super cheap to make and they make an enormous profit. Okay? So that's the money with food. And so if you want to know about the biggest persuasion on the planet, you follow the money. And it is the nonstop fucking ads that you see for these foods. People wonder about food noise. You know, and it's like, well, I can tell you about food noise because I've been focused on it for 30 years. You know, what food noise is it's your internal dialogue. You've been conditioned to think like a food addict. We all have. They call it a besogenic environment. It's very intentional. I mean, it's intentional. You don't even know. I'm telling you the details they go to you. It just. It's um, it's so insidious. Well, let me share another one with you too, by the way, you know, it's like, cause here's another thing that the, so the food and the cigarettes are, are the same thing. Okay. Let, let's, let's start there. So the big advantage the food has, why the cigarette companies really went into the food is because now they got a huge veneer of, 
of goodness around them, right? Let me let me tell you what I mean. Smokers, smokers, ever since the fifties, they start to get a sense that they're not too good for you. Ah, this isn't too good for me. I'm not really. You you didn't love the cigarette companies, right? You all love the food companies. You you have these warm fuzzy feelings for all the food companies, right? Then you think about drug dealers. You think about um, pill pushers. You think about you know, uh, I don't know, cigarette companies. Uh, and you, you have these negative feelings for them, right? Especially, cigarette companies especially, right? We've been trained now at this point, we've been conditioned to think about cigarette companies. Oh, they're bad. They're bad, right? But the food companies, oh, they're good. But hey, what would you think if I told you the same fucking thing? No, I mean literally, literally. Do you know RJR Reynolds and Nabisco are literally merged together to the same company? Do you know the parent company of Kraft is Philip Morris? Do you know what I mean? So it's like, that could be a, a starting point for you to realize that they're trying to no, 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 I want to say that they're not trying to kill you. That's not their goal. They want you to stay alive as long as possible. Um, but they don't give a shit about your health or your longevity or quality of life. They don't care if you're struggling, feeling like shit about your weight, struggling with mobility issues, insulin, diabetes, any of that stuff, you know? So it's said that, that people get much better results when they stop thinking of weight loss as this shame-based thing that is a personal shortcoming and they start to realize the powers that be that are actively working against them. It creates this challenge response like, fuck you. Which is a better feeling to have than, I'm a piece of shit. I'm a horrible person. I'm a weak-willed, knee-knocking bad person who can't control anything. You gotta get out of that. Okay? You've been tricked without realizing it. And again, I bring it back to the cigarettes very specifically because if you don't know, cigarettes are fascinating to study because cigarettes literally are... If you want to know what's going on with food, you, you got to study cigarettes. <clears throat> and um, if you look back in the 50s, 60s, you'll see cigarette commercials and you'll see doctors saying, the healthiest brand that I smoke is blah, 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 blah. This is the healthiest cigarette, right? And then you would see cigarette commercials all the time. They would do advertising for kids you would see cigarette machines all over the place, right? Cues. And so it's the same thing with the food, but now they're in their heyday because no one thinks of it as bad yet, okay? There will be warning labels on food in our lifetime. And it's up to you if you want to wait for those warning labels to come out or not. But if you're serious about losing weight, you know, another way to kind of look at it is to reframe it that it's just like the cigarettes, you know? The cigarettes were just as addictive and deadly before we realized it. Do you understand? Like, I, I, I'm old enough to know when I was first born, you know, my, my parents both smoked and no one thought cigarettes were necessarily healthy at that point. But we also didn't connect it to lung cancer and just how bad it was for your body and your longevity. And so they, they were still just as bad, but we didn't know it. And then really it took almost till I was probably in I would say probably like the late 80s, early 90s, we started getting all those truth commercials and we started getting all this PSAs and all this money flowing into training us that cigarettes are really bad. And it took that to finally get the cigarette numbers to go down. The same thing is going to happen with food at some point in our lives. And so it's up to you if you want to wait for that to be put into your face or you want to proactively figure it out because... It is what you're consistently putting into your mouth is probably going to have the biggest impact on how long you live and your quality of life while you're alive. Now, I say it this way because how do you think about weight loss? 
What's your motivation to lose weight? I don't know you, but I already know what the answer is. You want to look better. That's your 99% of your motivation to lose weight is you want to look better. Why is that? Do you think it might have anything to do with the fact that you have been exposed to millions of diet ads in your life and every single diet ad is a before and after picture and how long it takes to get there? So that you now subconsciously think about motiv- get motivating yourself to lose weight as, I want to look better, I want to look better, I want to look better. And you've been intentionally conditioned to think that way because they don't want you thinking, I want to live longer, I want to be healthier, I want to be happier. They're, they're focusing you on the wrong thing and it's working. So you have to refocus yourself on the right thing. This food is killing you and it's making you feel like shit while you're alive. And there's no questions about that. So anyways, um, how do I think like a thin, healthy person? I will tell you, go, go, get my, go to my bio, click the link, get the hypnosis session and watch the training. I break down, I break down how to, th- three steps to master your weight. I, I break down how to think like a thin, healthy person. Um, because it's obviously a bigger answer than just, just I can just w- w- rattle it off. Um, but I will tell you, I learned to think like a thin, healthy person. You're never going to believe this. And I always kick myself because it's like it was so obvious once I realized it. Now, this is where NLP comes in. Neuro-linguistic programming. I'm an NLP trainer. And so NLP is a lot of things. But I think the main thing that I think of it as, it's the science of role modeling. Okay? And role modeling says, find the person that's getting the result you want. Find out how they did it. Not just what they did. How do they think about things? How do they create that change? That was the game changer for me because I began finding people that had lost weight and kept it off for at least two years and I would talk to them. And instantly, instantly, I realized, oh shit, they think totally different than I do. They think totally different than all these people over here tell me what I have to do to lose weight. And um, that was a game changer for me. And that's what I realized is that no one's looking for success. Even in this book, Ultra Processed People, which I'm enjoying very much, there was one part of it where it's like, I just want to jump through the book and talk to the author because his person is brilliant. They're a brilliant brain, no doubt. But he goes, well, you know, it's dictating your weight. It's the genetics and environment. It's like, yeah, that's obviously a big part, but you're not going to tell me the mindset's not the biggest piece. How do I know that? Because I know people that live in food deserts that have obese genetics that lose weight. So the big difference for me is I, for 30 years, and this is purely because of NLP, I'm so thankful for this. I have modeled success. I look for the people that get the results that I want to get and model how they're doing it. And for some reason, humans tend to look at and learn from people that aren't getting the results that they want, right? Who, who are you studying? I just asked you the question, who, where you learn how to think like a thin, healthy person. You can't know why didn't you get one answer? I didn't get one answer other than me, which, okay, cool, but not one other answer. And this is what I'm trying to say. Who are you learning how to lose weight from? Your fucking aunt who did keto for a month and lost 20 pounds and then put it all back on? Your, your mom who went to Weight Watchers 20 years ago and lost 15 pounds and put it back on and struggled ever since? Do you, do you know what I mean? Who are you learning how to lose weight from? And I already know the answer. People that are struggling to lose weight. How do I know that? Because it's estimated... 85 to 95% of people that lose weight on a diet put it back on. And this becomes a self-perpetuating thing because now you get scientists who are really smart with this stuff, but they're always looking at why why is everyone failing? Why is everyone failing? Oh, genetics and environment? Yeah, okay, that explains the big picture. But I'm asking a different question. How do the people that actually lose weight, how do they do it? And what it comes down to instantly is mindset. 
Then you realize they're different, living a different lifestyle. Then you realize they think about food differently and they eat food differently. And so all of a sudden the answers just appear. But it all depends on the questions you're asking. So anyways, I know I missed, I'm going to go quicker here. I'm talking too much. <laughs> uh, so how do you get the original training again? I'll send something out, Eric. I'm going to fix that and I'm going to email my list and let everyone know. Um, thank you. I'm going to watch the hypnosis video and your other videos. Good. Yeah, watch those. I don't know why I can't control myself. I feel like I can't, but I don't want to just eat junk. Maybe because I'm so bored, I think that's what it is. Um, yeah, yeah. For, for sure, emotional eating is a huge part of it. You've got to learn to manage your emotions, right? That's part of the mindset. So let me just share this with you, right? Real quick. Because um, you hear mindset as a buzzword now, but people really use it as a synonym for willpower, right? They'll, they'll be like, oh, you got to have the right mindset. Come on, come on. And it's like, well, how? How do I have the right mindset? Yeah, I know I need the right mindset, but how do I how do I have it? And so program yourself, then we go through six categories of mindset. First one is motivation. Do you know how to motivate yourself to lose weight? The next one's self-image, right? Really this process, your weight is a physical projection of your mental self. You believe you're overweight, most likely. So we got to shift your self-image. Do you know how to change your self-image? Do you even know what it is or it's aware of it? The next thing is habits. Do you know how to strategically change your habits the way you want them to be? Um, then there's emotions. That's such a big one. Do you know how to feel the emotions you want to feel and deal with the shitty emotions you don't want to feel in a genuine way that doesn't involve food? Because if you don't, you're going to struggle. Um, thinking. Do you literally, do you know how to think like a thin, healthy person? I think we've already answered that one. And then maintenance. Do you know how to maintain on the path? Never mind maintaining once you get to your goal weight, right? <laughs> Come on. You got to learn to maintain so you can get from day one to day two, week one to week two. You know what I mean? And then, of course, there's strategies to do that. So, you know, that I think is a much more practical approach to creating that mindset. Um, you know, junk food is addictive, so it makes it hard to stop the habit of boarding. Absolutely. It's a combo. It's a combo effect, right? It's the emotional feeling bored and then, you know, the addictive nature of the junk food as well. I get so mad at myself for this. I have a master's degree of knowledge. <laughs> Okay, don't get mad at yourself. It's just, it's what it is. Every, you know, if I could summarize every single weight loss plan on the planet, it's basically, it's them telling you what to do and no one ever shows you how to get yourself to do it. You know? Um, I'm spanning likes on that one. <laughs> Thanks, corn dog. Um, I know it's so strange I could stop eating, but I don't. It's very strange. Um, so you do hypnotherapy. Um, yes, I, well, here's the thing. I don't, I started off as a hypnotist with an office hypnotizing people. What I came to realize very quickly is that that's a temporary solution at best when it comes to weight. Um, hypnosis is very good for things like like curing phobias. Okay, it's very, very effective for that. Um, but weight is a multifaceted thing. And what I came to realize very quickly is that I can't do the work for you. I can certainly encourage you and help you. Um, but what I found really made the difference is when I show you how to run your own mind. Because... We don't live in a vacuum, right? We live in a hypnotic reality. Every commercial you see is a mini hypnosis session. So I can't just, it's kind of like the, 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 that saying, you know, like, like you give a person a fish, feed them for a day, teach a person fish, feed them for a lifetime. It's kind of the same thing with hypnosis. You know, do hypnosis on someone, you know, change them for a day, teach someone how to hypnotize themselves, uh, you know, change them for a lifetime. And um, you're, you're, you're already constantly hypnotizing yourself. You know how you talk to yourself in your head? Sophia, right? You're always talking in your head. We call that your internal dialogue. This is, hypnotists always say, you are your own best or worst hypnotist because you're always talking in your head. Now, you probably don't even realize what you're saying. And 
that's the first step is becoming aware of what you're always saying in your head because that has a huge impact on how you behave, how you eat, and ultimately the way it creates. So um, I would say more now, I certainly identify as a hypnotist because everything I do is based around hypnosis, neuro-linguistic programming. But I would say I really feel more accurately that I'm, I'm more of a coach. Um, and I, I tend to think, because I make this distinction, because also when I started hypnosis, I was a generalist. I, I would work with everything. And I kind of realized as well, you can't do that. You, you can't just be a master of hypnosis and help people with, with all these different things, smoking, weight, phobias, fear of public speaking, you know, whatever things come up. You really got to master one area. And so I really went into weight mastery, which has always been a focus of mine anyways. But, you know, 20 years ago, I really dove into it full force, you know, weight mastery. So I really identify more as a weight mastery coach that uses hypnosis to create changes because hypnosis is the most powerful way to really transform your mindset. There's nothing that's even close that I've seen, you know. Um, but of course, it takes into account everything. Um, and program yourself. Then there's aspects of cognitive behavioral therapy. Um, there's neuroscientifically backed coaching. Um, there is coaching. There's neurolinguistic programming. Um, and there's all the typical psychology stuff, you know, that, that people are aware of as well. Um, yep, yep. Do you recommend the book you're reading, Ultra Process People? Yeah, I absolutely recommend it. I think it's great. I recommend every book though, pretty much, because <laughs> I think every book has some something to teach. And uh, every book I read, I, I'm a better person, pretty much, you know. I've got good at Sometimes the books suck and I'll stop reading them, but Ultra Process People, I think is great. And I, I think it's very eye-opening. It's very eye-opening for me. And I know this stuff. I, I know the things I'm, I've been reading these things for years, so I'm familiar with it, but you can't read it enough because the, the nature of hypnosis is not being, it's not what you know. Pay attention to this, folks. This is really important. Because um, don't you know, you were just saying this, Sophia, you know what you should eat. Like, you know, oh, I shouldn't eat this. I want to lose weight. I shouldn't eat this ice cream. And then you start eating it right? This gets to the core of reality as a human is that you know what you should or shouldn't do, but you don't know how to get yourself to do it or stop doing it, right? And I think that hypnosis explains this better than anything else I've seen. And it basically comes down to you have a conscious mind and a subconscious mind. And what you're always trying to do is you're trying to consciously change your behaviors. Your conscious mind is the logical, rational part of your brain that knows what you should do, why you should lose weight, what you should do to lose weight, and tries to get you to do it. It's your prefrontal cortex, anatomically. And this is the part you're trying to run your brain with. But that's about 10% of your brain. It's the newest part of your brain evolutionarily. The rest of your brain we'll call the subconscious mind. And this is 90% of your brain. And this runs all your habitual thoughts, feelings, and behaviors. And... What you've been trying to do with your weight and really everything in your life, but especially your weight, is you try to consciously fight against your subconscious programming, your subconscious mind, and it doesn't work. It's never going to work. Your, your eating really is a subconsciously driven, and um, you can change a lot of that subconscious programming so it starts working for you. you know? So I think that's a good way to think about it. Um, once we know, we know. Time to break the habit. Absolutely. Whoop, whoop. Let me switch that. Um, let's miss some questions here. Uh, <laughs> change that voice in your head. You do have control. Absolutely. One step at a time. Slow progress is progress. Um, yeah, yeah. Keep coming to the lives. Absolutely. 
Yeah, the lives will change it alone. I, I get, I did, I was thinking, I just I got a stack of, I mean, I've, I've, I've had tons of testimonials just over the years of working with my clients, but the last, it's been a little over a year. Well, it's been about a year and a half. I've been on social media, you know, and um, especially like these lives. But I got a stack of testimonials just from the free stuff, <laughs> you know? It's crazy. It's exciting though. Um, it's fun. It's fun being able to help people. And it's not, it's not surprising because it, don't y'all feel like you're missing some piece of your weight loss? I mean, don't you find it odd that you think about weight loss 24 hours a day, but you're not losing any weight? And I always ask this, but, but isn't it true that if you're really honest with yourself, if you reflect back um, that you know as little about how to actually lose weight now as you did before you started your first diet, how crazy is that? You know, you're not on a path where you know what you're doing and you're systematically getting better and improving and growing and evolving and all the rest of it. You're stuck in the exact same spot you were when you started your first diet. You're on this hamster wheel, right? You get it, you do all, you do everything perfect and then you do nothing. And you just keep repeating that over and over and over and over again. Nothing changes. You know, that's the path you gotta get off of. I feel like I do have control, but no control at the same time. Sophia, what that is, again, it's true. You do have control, but you can't rely on willpower. It's like it's like if I said, okay, tomorrow you're gonna wake up and you gotta control all your breathing consciously. Right? We'd all be dead. You're not built for that. So again, it's understanding your mind and being strategic with it. I'll give you one more metaphor for the conscious subconscious mind thing. You can think of it like a cruise ship. Okay, and the conscious mind is like the captain, and the crew is like the subconscious mind. Now they both play an important role, but it's a different role. And the captain can't say, "Okay, get out of your crew. I'm going to do everything," because it overwhelms the captain. It can't do all that work with one person. And the crew can't say, "Get out of your captain. We don't need you," because now no one's guiding the ship. You know, so we need both of them to work together to get the optimal results. And so it's about figuring out which things are best run by the conscious mind and which things are best run by the subconscious mind and influencing appropriately, you know? And then things start to feel a lot better. Um, what's your take on Ozempic? I tried it and I was amazed how my addict type food noise thoughts left me. Um, you know, I'm here to be supportive. So uh, my thoughts on Ozempic are that if someone wants to use Ozempic, then great, you know? I, I, I think we all know, I think it's well established that it's, um, it, it's kind of a band-aid in the sense that you have to do it forever, you know, um, that, that the food noise, if it goes away, as soon as you stop taking medicine, it comes back, you know, um, and then for me personally, what I help people with, I always, what Program Yourself Thin is all about is taking your weight loss and rapid and personal development. So Program Yourself Thin really at the heart is not a weight loss program. It's a personal development program um, because I find that Focusing on personal development and becoming the best version of you possible is a much more motivating goal. And simultaneously, if you really think about being on the best version of you possible, one aspect of that's being at your goal weight. So we're covering the weight as well. We're just framing it differently. And so to become the best version of you possible isn't just about weighing less. It's about sleeping properly, having a healthy lifestyle, the right mindset, and then having your eating, you know, under your control, you know, a master of it. And so it's much bigger than just the scale going down, you know, in, in eating less. It's about having a lifestyle where you're sleeping better, you're hydrated, you're more relaxed and calm, you're breathing better, you're nourishing yourself, you're moving more, you're meditating so you have some control of your mind and you feel more grateful. You know, and then the mindset pieces are under there underpinning all that. And then your eating strategies, you you master them. You know how to eat like, like a thin, healthy person. So I think that's a much more robust and comprehensive goal than, than the Ozempic goal, 
again, and I'm not knocking it because if all all you care about is this, cut the food noise, eat less, I want my weight to go down, um, then then I I hope it works for you, and it sounds like it is. So I think that's great. But what I'm talking about is is a much bigger thing. Um, it's a much bigger goal. And, you know that that some people like that, and some people don't. You know, um, so. Uh, let's see. Yep. Uh, it's a dessert I can't give up and eat on autopilot. I can't lose the 20 pounds that I've been trying to lose for the past seven years. Um, well, I'll tell you, Sophia, you don't have to stop eating dessert to lose the 20 pounds. I'll just let you know that. Um, Kristen says, my, hairdress- my hairdresser does OMAD and she's tiny, has been for 10 years. Um, yeah, you know, but here's the thing, Kristen, and this is, this is a, again, another piece of the diet mindset. Dieters are always like, they see someone who lost weight or is thin and, and they, they want to hear what they did. And it's like, you just... I don't know. So, so Kristen, you've known about OMAD and um, that's one meal a day. And so I'm not, again, whatever works for a person is great, you know, but I find with the dieters, they're always like, oh, just tell me what you did. One meal a day. Okay, I'm going to do one meal a day, right? And then it's too hard for you and you can't do it. It doesn't resonate with you. And then you're like, ah, I can't do it. I, I can't lose weight, you know? Oh, I did keto. Okay, let me try keto. Oh, this sucks. I can't do it. I can't lose weight. You know, there's a million ways to lose weight, folks. All it is, is reducing your calorie consumption, your average calorie consumption. And so what I would suggest is instead of looking, you're always looking at people that aren't you and saying, oh, how'd you do it? Now, again, that's different than role modeling. I don't just sitting here saying, well, how, how they do it. Um, what you want to know is not the tactic they use, but the, the mental process they use to follow the tactic. That's way more interesting and useful. Okay. But as a dieter, you can't just keep looking at people that do a certain thing to lose weight and be like, oh, that's what I'm going to do. And that doesn't work for you. So I can't lose weight. You know, you've got to base it around you. Again, program yourself then. You've got to honor yourself. You've got to build around yourself and honor who you are and build around that. And when you approach it that way, it feels better and you end up creating a system and a plan that's custom built for you. You know, you're really, you're building a one size fits one plan here and it's for you, you know? Um, I just can't lose the 20 pounds. I've been trying for years and years. Um, does hypnotherapy work? I think I should just do that. Um, no, hypnotherapy is not going to work. And I, I hate to do this to my, my hypnosis colleagues, but I have seen, I've seen very little evidence that hypnosis, a hypnosis session, a gaggle of hypnosis sessions is going to change your weight long-term. Now, I do think it's very powerful as a supplement to, to the process. But I think, again, with program yourself then, just let me give, again, part of it is that you have the weight master. Well, first off, you learn the program yourself then technique, which is a one, two-minute hypnosis technique you use on yourself to program your subconscious mind. You use it every night. It's the redo rehearsal technique, and it's super powerful. The next thing is the weight mastery blueprints, where it's these fill-in-the-blank blueprints for your mindset, lifestyle, and eating that you fill out based on who you are. Okay, so you know how to think like a thin person, live like a thin person, and eat like a thin, healthy person. And then there are a lot of hypnosis sessions to reinforce everything you're learning. Okay, so I think, and then then there's coaching with me, if you you choose to get the coaching. And so I think this, to me, is the best thing that I can offer people to truly take control of their weight. But it's a comprehensive, robust solution. I don't think there's, God almighty, if, if, because you, here's another thing, too. The diets you're referencing and trying to follow to, to master your weight are just tactics. 
you know, this is another piece of the dieting bullshit is that they know they're marketing to people that are overwhelmed and stressed out. And so they got to simplify the plan as easy as possible. So it's like, it's always the one thing, right? Just, just stop eating carbs, just eat 1200 calories, just stop eating, just eat for eight hours a day. Um, just eat, you know, count your points, just track your weight. It's like, everything's just one thing. And I can almost guarantee you, I, I have never seen someone who successfully kept the weight off long-term that just did like one thing. They may say that to you, even the OMAD person. So even the OMAD person with a the hairdresser, there's so much more depth of what they're doing to be able to even do OMAD, you know? And so that's the way more valuable piece than the, the, the tactic they're using, you know? Um, so yeah, just, just hit, hit. Sophia, what I'm hearing from you is you're looking for kind of a quick fix. It, it's gotta be a more robust thing. Um, I just can't lose the 20 pounds is not true. Um, what's true is you don't know how to live 20 pounds lighter. And um, yeah, if I was talking to you, we, we would smoke that out in about five minutes. <laughs> but uh, yeah. What's up, Karen? Sorry if I missed anything, got interrupted. That's all right. Did you miss anything? I don't know. Um, how do I think like a thin, healthy person? Um well, I mean, what, how do we think like a thin, healthy person? I mean, again, that, that's a huge question, right? That's like saying, like, how do I think like a Christian? How do I think like a Muslim? <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, it's like, it's big. That's a big question. That's why I say, go watch the training. The training kind of blows through it because, um, but I will tell you how I think as a thin, healthy person is I think about, okay, so there's our weight and our weight's created by how we eat and how we live. I think we all know that, Right. But what most people do is they kind of stop there and then they try and change how they eat and how they live with their willpower, okay? But I go a step deeper. What leads to how we habitually eat and behave? And I believe that's our state, right? So how you feel in the moment. Isn't this true? You know what you should eat. Sometimes you eat the right thing, sometimes you don't. So the same knowledge is in your head. You're the same person, but the difference is, oh my goodness, these people. Oh shit, did I lose everyone? Nope, stayed. Um, the difference is what mood you're in, right? You're in a calm, grounded, peaceful, focused mood. You tend to make healthier food choices. You're stressed out. You just fought with your partner. You didn't sleep well last night. You tend to say, oh, fuck it. I'm going to get the, the unhealthy thing, you know? So you have very little ability to actually influence your state because you've never studied this. And so me as a thin person, I am setting myself up for success. And that's just one little example, but I am preventing a lot of the problems. I strategically eat so that I, I manage my hunger. I never get too hungry. That helps me, makes it way easier to make the right food choices. I know which foods to eat when to keep my hunger managed. I know and have foods readily available for me that support me. I manage my emotions genuinely. Um, I think of myself as a thin, healthy person. I have that identity because I've created it. I am super duper motivated. I'm hyper motivated. You're not. If you're struggling to lose weight, the, you're not motivated. You wish you'd lose weight, but you don't really want to. You want to keep eating the bullshit you're eating and living the way you're living, you know? And so, so again, it's, I, I go through the mindset piece, right? It, it's the motivation. You all don't know how to motivate yourself. If you're struggling with your weight loss. You don't know how to motivate yourself. That you should stop trying to lose weight and just focus on your motivation. Do you even want to lose weight? And the answer you're going to find out is no, I don't really want to lose weight. And until you change that, you're not going to get the results anyways. Then there's your self-image. 
right? So again, how do I think like a thin person? I break it down. I'm super motivated. I think of myself as a thin, healthy person and will continue to think of myself that way for the rest of my life. Um, I have the habits of a thin, healthy person that run on autopilot. So it's easy for me to maintain it. Emotions, I know how to deal with my emotions in a genuine way without relying on food. I don't emotionally eat. Um, I celebrate with food sometimes and that's about it. When I get sad, I don't just eat, okay? And I'm not 100% with that, but, but, but most of the time. Um, thinking, I know how to think like a thin, healthy person. I ask great questions of myself that drive me in the right direction. You ask problem-oriented questions, I ask solution-oriented questions, okay? And then maintenance, I know how to maintain, which is really important. I had a, a little dip in energy um, last week and I know how to ride, ride that out. You know, so, so that's how you think like a thin, healthy person. Um, yep. Yeah. Don, Don shifted from a diet brain to, uh, to being a thin and healthy thinker for sure. Um, Sophia asked, does Ozempic have any side effects? I mean, of course it has side effects. <laughs> what medicine doesn't, you know, but I will, I will have better, I'll have better information for you on that. I'm, like I said, I'm, I'm going to deep dive into Ozempic. Um, but again, I, I don't know. I don't, the side effect to me is that you don't, you don't really, you're not really mastering your weight. You're not really becoming the, the person you want to be ultimately. It's kind of a band aid, you know, and I'm not knocking it. So, so please, if you're on it, don't, don't be turned off that I said that, but it, it, come on, it is what it is, you know, and it's fine. And I, I'm happy that you lose weight and I hope it makes you healthier. You know, but I, I can't imagine that at some point we won't find out some side effects that aren't that great. Um, but at the very least, we already know it, it's a Band-Aid. And that, that's what I find. I have had a, a lot of conversations with people on it. And so regardless of what the physical side effects are, the mental side effect is people f are fucking nervous. <laughs> they're, they're losing weight, but they're anxious of how, what am I going to do when I go off it? Right. Because the thing with the Ozempic is you got to be on it forever. You know, and so A, who knows what's going to come out with it? We don't know yet. But the other piece is it's really expensive, you know? And so, and then there's a third thing where people just don't feel, the people I work with are usually overthinker, perfectionist, high achievers, and being on the medicine makes them feel like they're cheating almost. And so they're, they're not, yeah, they're losing weight, but they don't feel congruently like who they want to be. So again, that's the people I work with. So I'm not saying that's you, you know, and, and who gives a shit that that's them. So if that's not you, that's fine too. Okay. But that's what I see. What are your best tips to help people with binging? Because it's really hard to stop. Um, well, my, my first suggestion would be, uh, don't stop trying to stop yourself from binging, right? Let yourself binge. But after you binge, like five minutes after you binge, I would love for you to reflect on what state you were in two minutes before you started binging, five minutes before you started binging. Because the two big triggers of binging that I see, the two big ones, one is that you've been over-restricting and you get yourself so hungry that once you're around food, you can't control it and you, you binge and you overeat. The other one, and they can work in concert, is emotional. There's some big emotion that you don't know how to deal with, don't want to deal with, so you use the food and the shame, the binge shame cycle to avoid some other big emotional thing that's going on. And again, they can be combined too. Um, now, there's other things as well, but those are the two big ones. So I would start there. So stop trying to stop yourself. You're using the binge for a positive reason. Everything we do has a positive intention behind it. So instead of just like, oh, I got to stop binging. I'm a bad person for binging. Start looking at it like, what am I using this binging for? How is this binging helping me in life? And then you'll come up with the positive reasons. And then you can go to work on finding better ways to do it. But I would almost guarantee that you're over-restricting and getting too hungry and or there's some emotional thing. 
And so once you recognize what they are, then you can go to work on fixing it. But until you know what they are, you, you can't, okay? We can't fix what we don't know is broken. Um, I think I need both Band-Aid for hope. Um, yeah, maybe, you know, some people feel like they need that. So Sophia says, no, I'm not on it. Yeah. Um, you're welcome for the tips. Yeah, really take those to heart because, again, I... I I've worked a lot with that and, and it, it's really helpful because again, you, for so long, you've been just trying to get yourself to stop doing it. And what's happening is you're not learning anything from it, you know? Um, so you want to learn from your mistakes. It's one of the most important pieces of the, the weight mastery puzzle. All right. All right, everyone. Thank you so much. You guys are awesome. Great questions today. I appreciate it. Um, again, if you're not in my world, go to my bio, click the link at the hypnosis session, watch the training, read the emails I send you all free. It's all free. Um, if you're really serious, you want to work with me, you can go to programyourselfthen.com and learn about the program and, uh, listen to the podcast. Podcast is program yourself. Then, uh, it's on all the major platforms and we do a new one every weekday. Okay. So start listening to those and it'll help you promise. <laughs> so, all right. Thank you so much. Thanks Astrid. I'll see you later. Karen, have a super day. Adios everyone.